the fiat matrix system, you know, it's artificially created, so it kind of postponed uh, us receiving the actual consequence, right? We, we could kind of uh, deceive ourselves to think that, you know, we are immune from or we are above these laws of nature. One hand, it uh, promotes selfishness and self-interest, but at the same time, somehow, you know, it creates a way that uh, brings harmony in the network and, you know, promote honesty and altruism. So how could that these paradoxical different values coexist? And I think that's a genius of Bitcoin. Welcome to episode 57 of the Wake Up Podcast. And on this episode, I have Nozomi Hayashi joining me. And she's a, she's a liberation psychologist and a Bitcoiner. And basically, if you want to know what a liberation psychologist is, it's kind of like the equivalent of an Austrian economist in the psychology space, right? And, you know, we, we dig into her background into, you know, in liberation psychology and what it is, what the hell it means and how it's different from the mainstream victim-oriented psychology we've been conditioned to think is fucking normal, right? Um, you know, we talk about like the difference between, you know, this sort of dry, uh, sterile, uh, behaviorism that people like B.F. Skinner um, promoted, you know, who de- who deny free will versus, you know, Carl Rogers's most more humanistic psychology, you know, that advocates freedom of choice. Um, we look at, you know, the psychologies like denial of the soul um, and the monopoly of knowledge, like where experts promote like distorted view um, of humanity in which, you know, humanity is just some dry, empty machine. Um, we use that framework to dig into the matrix um, a little bit. And then we go on this interesting discussion. Like, I mean, th- this was so wide ranging that we're going to have to do a part two, part three of this conversation for sure. But we end up digressing into a discussion and an exploration of the psyche of the psychopath. And there was a bunch of interesting stuff there about like, you know, Nozomi put forth the idea which... Is not her idea necessarily. Um, it, it's an idea of, and I can't remember the name. You'll you'll hear it during the podcast. But a man who studied psychopaths and basically put forth a case that psychopaths are n- like it, it's a nature thing, not just nurture piece, and that they are effectively a different species to those human beings who have the capacity for empathy, which is I the rest of us. Um, and, and, and we talk about that through the context of, um, you know, the remnant, the sheep and the parasites. Um, we talk about the evolutionary significance of the psychopath, how long they've been around for. You know, is it is it just the is it a shadow element that we all contain that we need to integrate? Um, and, you know, what its relationship is uh, with the ego um, and a whole whole bunch of other things like th- th- this is a seriously wide-ranging and important conversation and and it it ties together a bunch of the things that I've been writing about recently in the remnant articles um, so I you know I was obviously compelled to add some of that stuff in the remnant articles so if you don't follow Nozomi's work yet definitely get in there I think her Twitter is um, Nozomi imagine or something like that um, but just type in Nozomi you'll find her um, she's got her website, which is nozomihayasi.com. She writes for Bitcoin Magazine. And definitely keep an eye out for the subsequent episodes that we'll do to follow on because there was a whole host of things. Like I think we had like 10 big areas that we wanted to discuss, and I think we only got to the second one. So enjoy this episode. As usual, I'm going to plug 
Bitcoin Times Edition 4 is out. Brandon Quidham, Alan Farrington, Thomas Strolight, Peter Sanongi, Craig Warmke, and myself. I believe I've written one of my magnum opuses in there called Fire Bitcoin Teleportation. Download that shit. We will be printing them in limited edition uh, print runs next year. 2100 of each edition um, as a collector's item. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you at episode 58. On this episode, I have Nozomi Hayase, who is a Bitcoiner and a liberation psychologist. I came across her work uh, recently, I think a couple months ago. And, um, and her, her writing is brilliant. Um, the way her mind thinks is brilliant. And I wanted to have a conversation with her. So Nozomi, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So look, let's, um, let's, get, let's dive straight into like the first piece, mm-hmm. which is, so you're a liberation yeah. psychologist. So yeah. tell people who are listening to this, what the hell is that? What does it mean? Um, and okay, so um, liberation psychology is uh, basically, uh, they are psychologists who challenge the uh, uh, orthodoxy knowledge. So challenge is the central dogma um, of, of uh, mainstream, mainstream psychology. So um, in any disciplines, basically, you know, whether that is philosophy, engineering, or biology, you know, they have uh, central dogma, like the things, you know, the certain kind of theories that they hold on to as the absolute uh, truth, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then nobody can kind of challenge that once it became um, accepted um, truth, you know, fact, then it's, it's harder to challenge. Um, so the liberation psychologists are the one who basically called into that kind of predominant uh, narratives question and then say that, you know, we don't agree with this. You know, there are certain theories and perspectives that have been marginalized, that have been effectively denied, you know, without giving much kind of, a, a, you know, rigorous um, scientific process. Um, so, so we are the one basically who... Um, look into theories, um, ideas, concepts that have been uh, suppressed and then try to bring them back. Um, so uh, liberation psychologists are those who believe that psychological knowledge can be used in service to humanity um, rather, than, rather than to use it to oppress uh, or take advantage of, of a certain sector of humanity. So it's, it's the one, it, you know, I would say it's, it's the approach to knowledge uh, that is different than mainstream psychology, uh, and also it's it's um, you know the, the fundamental belief that uh, the the scientific process of understanding who we are has to be open and have to have to have a democratic process for dialogue. Um, so that's kind of like how I define liberation psychology is, and then I was uh, engaged in this. Uh, uh, very soon, right after I, you know, um, started learning uh, mainstream psychology. So, mm-hmm. you know, people basically who study psychology, they start off with uh, learning mainstream psychology and, and they just believe that what is taught at universities, um, uh, you know, that their version of uh, psychology to be the only psychology and then that, you know, whatever the knowledge that is um, uh, produced uh, um, 
in, in those institutions to be the, 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 the truth, you know, accurate. The prevailing dogma. Yeah, predominant dogma. But that's not the case. And I soon clearly kind of became um, uh, disillusioned about the mainstream psychology when I was studying and then started to seek for alternatives and then found the so-called dissident psychologists, you know, who started to challenge the dominant um, views. Um, so, you know, so many people don't even know what, um, you know, that, that this, um, uh, you know, stream of psychology even exists. Uh, and then they think that, you know, that what they, what they are taught is, is accurate and, and, you know, there are no other alternative narratives. So I was kind of, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to find the liberation psychology and, um, and was able to engage myself more deeply with uh, questions that concern uh, what it means to be human. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so okay. So, so just really quickly on this point. So, I think when you and I first had a brief conversation mm -hmm. um, when I was when I was in Miami, and mm -hmm. I, I remember the thing that caught my attention. I was like, hmm, interesting. So, so like you mentioned that modern psychology, but, but in more or less, mm -hmm. you said it's a scam, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. I think modern psychology yeah. and general psychology is a scam. And and for me, not not having come really from, like I, I haven't done the depth of work that you've had with respect to mm -hmm. liberation psychology and the dissident psychology and everything. But for me, yeah. I, I base a lot of my personal premise and preferences in life on this idea of personal responsibility. And what right. I see in modern psychology is the removal or the erosion yeah. of personal responsibility and the, and basically the creation of a, a world of victims. Like everyone is a that's fucking victim right, right, and everyone's got a problem right. and a label. Mm -hmm. And that's always right. pissed me off to no end about um, psychology. So, so I guess that's what caught my attention. So, so could we dig a little bit into some yeah. of the, maybe the premises of modern psychology and then the premises yeah. that are, that this dissident liberation psychology right. diverges. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, some things, other things that I want to share before we get into this is that okay. Um, okay. You know, the reason why I got into studying psychology in the first place was that when I was, since I was young, I was very interested in understanding uh, human nature, you know, who we are basically. And then mm -hmm. uh, when I look at social programs, social and political programs out, out there, you know, and the people are more focused on changing, right? Changing social systems, changing um, political systems, you know, all, all of those kind of things. I always felt that that approach is very inadequate because if we don't understand who we are, you know, if we don't have accurate knowledge of uh, what human beings is, you know, that our culture, society, civilization that we build upon that knowledge uh, is, is going to be, um, you know, it's doomed to fail because it's not mm -hmm. funded on a, you know, secure foundation, right? It's not funded on truthful foundation. So that's why I, you know, thought that, uh, you know, by learning, by studying psychology, philosophy, and then uh, gaining the knowledge of, of uh, what, what it means to be human, then I can maybe, you know, start thinking about building the culture that is truly aligned with human nature, right? So that's kind of how I started. And then, then soon, you know, I realized that this, this whole debate uh, within uh, psychology of nature versus uh, nurture, right? So, you know, we have this innate human nature and then also, you know, some argue that, uh, but the nurture part is important. You know, what we create uh, as, you know, the civilization or society, you know, the, the cultural and the enforcement, certain kind of stimulus that we create um, within the culture, you know, that, that would kind of 
change our human nature, right? That, that some argue that nurturing is more important than the human nature. And then whatever we, we create as a external forces that would change who we are. And then some people go to the extreme saying, no, you know, human nature is, is you know, uh, the most important, is the most important thing. So then we already have innately uh, what we are meant to become, you know, all of those potentials. And then, you know, we, we could just let them just be free and then we don't have to do anything. Then, you know, we could just evolve into becoming who we are, you know. So, so th there is this kind of a heated debate about nurture, nature versus nurture. And for me, I, I came to a conclusion that it's a, we need both. You know, we, we need understanding, accurate understanding of human nature, but that itself is, that is not enough. I think for human to uh, evolve into becoming human, you know, and, and from my perspective, I think we haven't, uh, our species haven't quite uh, fully evolved into becoming human. You know, we are in the process mm -hmm. of becoming human, but, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we need to kind of first understand what it means to be human. And then we have to build the, the, the culture that natures that, you know, the human nature, what we have in Italy, right? So, then what I found uh, in, you know, after I entered into basically psychology department and then started to study, what I found is, number one, that, you know, psych predominant the psychologists, you know, the, the people who uh, put forward the theories, um, they don't have uh, accurate vision of who we are. I mean, from my perspective, mm -hmm. uh, even though that they probably think that, that, you know, they have, but I didn't agree with that. And then there is no even like a space to argue with that, right? And then number two, that they think that um, upon this inaccurate or distorted uh, image of, of uh, what human being is, they believe that, that you know, they can basically uh, change our human nature in a way that um, uh, they want. So there is certain kind of emphasis given to culture a culture that functioned as a force of, uh, you know, control, and so that mm -hmm. they, they would try to kind of create the stimulus from outside to, to change or, you know, make us act in a certain way, and then uh, select a certain kind of values um, that they want. So it goes to what you talked about, how we were kind of encouraged to develop a sense of victimhood, or, you know, don't stand up for ourselves, or, you know, don't, um, you know, claim our self, uh, a sense of agency, right? And there is, and that's not aligned with human nature at all. It's, 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 um, it's intentionally um, made like that. You know, those mm. who basically create these incentives, create this cultural in, in enforcement mechanisms, that they are the ones who selected those values. So, so that, and one of which is, you know, that what they do is that they deny self-interest. And then, so, and then, so anybody who studied mainstream psychology, they come, they absolutely, everybody have to study this thing, you know, the behaviorism, basically. And then, so that, that is created by psychologist named uh, B.F. Skinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, his idea was, I mean, he basically used the um, animals, like rat and pigeons. And then, as probably you know, um, this, uh, the Skinner's box, right? The famous Skinner's box experiment. So Skinner basically put um, rat in, 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 in a box and then he created the external stimulus, uh, a reward and a punishment. Then if you reward um, uh, rat, you know, then rat, you know, the, the, uh, the researchers basically can 
make rats to act in a way that, that they want, right? Because mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. uh, we are instinctively, kind of, I mean, the animals are instinctively uh, trying to avoid uh, pain and they seek for pleasure, right? So, so that's basically the, the one example of this. And then what is um, predominant uh, in, in, in uh, you know, what th this behaviorism really represents the, the, the view, of, um, view of humanity that is held uh, within the mainstream psychology, which is the, uh, looking at human beings as uh, just a simple extension of animals. So that mm. we are just advanced animals and then we don't have any we don't have anything called the soul we don't have this individuality and if you look at animals right you know we are definitely different you know we are there are something that sets us apart from animals right and then would you say like what are the things that they would you say that makes us be human i mean from your perspective you know we are different um, than animals I mean, you probably agree with me, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, so, so I think there's 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 something um, at least about humans. Like, so, so I think what I would say is like the the element of consciousness for me is like is this exactly, yeah, right. yeah this undefined thing. Like, we don't exactly know what consciousness it is, but it's like this this layer that we do not share with other. Um, Exactly. I guess, unconscious species. Right. And then, so, anim I mean, we have this uh, self-awareness, right? So that mm -hmm, we can mm -hmm. learn language and we have this, we can engage in this concept of time. So mm -hmm. animals, you know, they live in a more like a present moment, but humans mm -hmm. can make a plan, you know, we can degrade about what has happened and then we can communicate, right, through language. Uh, and then, so we have more, uh, you know, more capacity than uh, what animals are equipped with. And, and, and so the behaviorists, you know, basically the, the, they are the one who um, uh, believes that the, the psychology uh, is uh, need, need to be, you know, that the, their version of psychology is basically they use the um, method of uh, imperialism and deductionism. And then basically what that means is that they believe that anything that cannot be perceived through five senses uh, do not exist, you know, mm -hmm. so the, the, for them, something to exist it has to be verified through you know uh data that and experimental processes that are uh, repeated that that could be duplicated right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so that basically that this assumption that denies consciousness denies the existence of consciousness and trying to explain everything as the simple chemical uh, activities of the brain right so 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 basically that 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 is i call that as a materialistic science so that mm -hmm. it's Kind of like a created the central dogma and then the view of humanity that is put forward within within the um the, the um mainstream psychology is that you know we are animals and mm -hmm. and, and that and then so that we if we are animals then you know those uh, the, those who learn to basically um control us you know you know learn to learn how to gain a knowledge of, of, of human nature and then they would use it uh, to take advantage of the rest of the population who don't have that knowledge. And then so that, uh, you know, th th they basically create stimulus from the outside, um, you know, changing the environment uh, to, to make us in a certain way. And as a part of the process, as I observed, and you, uh, you observe as well, is that it's, it's complete denial of uh, self-interest. On the part okay. of ordinary people, right? So, so that those who created the, the system, the Skinner's box, 
which I call it, it's a matrix fiat control system. So they mm -hmm. designed this system, matrix control system, and the money plays a huge part of this. But, uh, but what is at the core of this is the view, this view of human beings that, that, that do not have uh, things like consciousness, do not have things like soul, you know, the, um, and, and that the, um, the, the deni denies the existence of free will. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so they created this, this false matrix system, uh, control system, uh, and then, you know, they very much designed and then they create these incentives. Um, and those who are inside the, the Skinner's box, you know, we don't know what's happening. I mean, we don't, we don't know these external forces are working, you know, and I think now Bitcoin revealed that, you know, kind of make us wake up, some of us certainly, and, and recognize, wow, you know, we are inside this box. And then we are being manipulated. Uh, and we are, you know, this made to disconnect from the, um, you know, true natural, natural environment um, mm -hmm. and, and being put into the artificial environment. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. So, so, so I guess something that echoing for me really strongly, which I wrote about in this Bitcoin chaos and order thing that I did, um, a couple months ago, which was like the, the chapter two of the Jordan Peterson series. But I, I kind of talked in there, like how with the rise of the, um, the study of like, with the rise of empirical studies of science. So things like, you know, physics yeah, and chemistry yeah, exactly. and, and, you know, the, we, we've, what we've done is we've brought that empiricism across into the, the quote unquote natural sciences. So everything from economics to psychology to, to, you know, the, and, and, and instead of like, using maybe modeling to help us understand what we've done is we've taken the model as the truth and we're mm -hmm. trying to fit reality into the model. Um, and when reality doesn't, you know, fit into the model, we ignore it and we're like, okay, reality is not real, but the model is real. So, so we're trying to like distill mm -hmm. everything down to these, um, these empirical lifeless models that, you know, that, right. that, that, that don't take into account the randomness and the complexity of reality and mm -hmm. in the context of humanity, the, the randomness and the complexity of consciousness, because that's the unknown. That's the right. thing. And, and it reminds me of, um, Oh, what, what the fuck's the movie? It's, um, I mean, actually, sorry, it's the, it's the matrix. It's the thing yeah, that yeah. the machines can't figure out. Right. It's the, it's that variable of free will that, that keeps fucking up the system that they're trying to build. Um, because exactly. they can't account for the variable of free will. They can't right. account for right. the variable of randomness. Exactly. Um, and in the matrix, uh, you know, the architect, right, who designed the matrix, and, and uh, I think it's in the film number two, you know, uh, when Neo uh, first mm -hmm. met uh, the architect, and the architect basically told Neo, like, you are the anomaly, right? You are mm -hmm. the kind of unpredictable bug that we mm -hmm. cannot fix, basically. So, you know, Neo... I mean, represent this individuality, represent free will, you know, our capacity to choose uh, and self-determine a course of our own destiny, right? And that matrix, it's a system that prevents us from doing that by basically keeping us in, in this, you know, kind of an animalistic consciousness that, you know, makes us act uh, in a way that is basically programmed, programmed to act. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and then so that the, this system denies 
our free will and and uh, you know autonomy and, and all of that stuff. And then that's what we are now seeing being magnified with this uh, you know this great reset agendas and, and all of those things that are happening out, out there. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a. Uh, this we live in this artificial system called the the fiat matrix system and that uh you know removes um because we are cut off from this uh, natural environment so there is we are uh disconnected from feedback right so in life that we get feedback if you do something you know of course like you know you we get um feedback right away right like mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. if i uh stay up late um and don't take care of my body you know don't exercise then of course i get feedback you know about time like i become ill or i get fat you know all of those things but this the fiat matrix system you know it's artificially created so you know it kind of postponed uh, us receiving the actual consequence right so that we mm -hmm. tend to we, we could kind of uh deceive ourselves to think that you know, we are immune from or we are above these laws of nature that that are working through us. And, and you know, um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a, this system is an illusory, uh, a deceptive system. Uh, and now it's coming to an end because basically it's, it's become unsustainable. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we now need to restore laws of nature. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So, so, so then, so, so I, have, I have two questions off the back of this. So question number one is, do you think it's um, the the development of this fiat matrix fucking Skinner's box that we're living mm -hmm. in? Do you think mm -hmm. that is an intentional development, or do you think it's a it's an accidental development in the pursuit of uh -huh. human beings trying to manage and control their environment? Like, what what do you think it is? I think it's it's a it's not accidental. I think it's a, um, I think it actually it's a part of necessary process. And I, I see this as, uh, I think I see what's happening as kind of part of evolutionary process of, of our, our species. And mm -hmm. as I said earlier, we haven't evolved to become human beings yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's as a process uh, that we have to go through certain kind of, um, you know, natural selection process, so to speak. And uh, mm -hmm. in biology, we have this idea of natural selection, you know, put forward by uh, Charles Darwin. And, you know, which basically, you know, what he was saying with that theory was that the organism that learned to, um, you know, ad adapt that, to uh, yeah. a changing environment are more likely, have a more likelihood to survive than those who didn't, right? And but that was kind of twisted by um, misinterpreted by uh, English philosopher Herbert Spencer, and he came up with this notion of survival of the fittest, and that gave a notion, you know, kind of a, um, that you know that created this idea that the strong and the fittest, you know, they 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 should survive, and then those who are weak, you know, they should die, you know, which which is a distorted kind of a misinterpretation of what Darwin came to observe. But um, I think that this natural selection, which is the force of nature, you know, it's the laws of nature that uh, actually are working without human beings' uh, engagement with them. You know, it's like a mm -hmm. law of gravity, right? Nobody's involved in law of gravity. Nobody's trying to make it happen. It's just happened, you know? If you drop apple, then it's gonna, you know, it, it's gonna go down, right? So it's the law, laws of gravity. So in the same way that the, the laws of natural selection is uh, working through us. And then now, as a part of this evolutionary process, that now we are going through this, you know, I think now we are evolving or, or we are giving the choice 
to evolve into becoming true human. And that, um, as, a, as, I, as I said, as a process, that there, there, there is this um, opposing forces, so to speak, you know, that the, 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 the force that trying to prevent us from evolving and that is a necessary forces, actually, you know, it's kind of hard to, to see uh, that these oppressive forces are necessary, but it is necessary, I think. And what it does is that it creates friction, you know, it's created friction. It's like a, a sand in, in, in the oyster, you know, in order for a pearl, you know, the oyster, you know, you find the pearl, pearls in the oysters, so you have to have sand, right? So it's created friction. Mm -hmm. So there's something new, it's gonna emerge. And I think that what's happening is that this tremendous attack on human uh, freedom and individuality that is a necessary friction so that we can actually gain strength and we can choose basically out of our free will, you know? Um, so it's, a, it's a, a process of natural selection. And then for this, I say, you know, when I talk about B.F. Skinner, when I talk about these psychologists who look at us as uh, nothing but mammals, right? That, that, that they are, um, they are, in my opinion, they are different, different species. And um, psychopathy expert Robert Hare, you know, who, um, who is in, I think, University of Vancouver, uh, who is up in Canada. So he became a world-renowned uh, expert in psychopathy. You know, the psychopathy basically, you know, are the, uh, is, is a kind of like a psychological explanation of people who uh, lack profound um, uh, uh, empathy, right? Empathy, yeah. So for the psychopaths, sociopaths, and those, those people. And so Robert Hare, um, you know, claim that uh, psychopaths are intra-species predators. So they are uh, different kinds of species. And so that they, so they are not uh, made up of the same psychological, uh, uh, you know, capacities as the rest of us mm -hmm. do. And they are more like, I think, the minority. And, and, you know, most of us are equipped with empathy. It's innate capacity. You know, we don't have to, I mean, of course, you know, we need to have stimulus and, you know, to, to activate that, you know, but um, most of us are born with it. You know, we don't have to learn how to emphasize with other people. We, we, we emphasize and we have mirror neurons in the brain that, you know, mimic and mirror some people's, you know, other people's emotions, for instance. So it's, it's innate for us. But for them, for those people, you know, for that small minority of people, that is lacking. They don't simply have that capacity. So they have zero empathy, right? And then because we don't understand the existence of uh, these people, so, so most of us, you know, we think that everybody is the same. So if you look around and just looking outside, you know, we all look like humans and we, we look like the same, right? We, we, we cannot see what's inside. So we, we have this uh, rose-colored uh, glasses, to, uh, you know, rose-colored lenses to see the world and see other people so that we kind of assume that, you know, other people are kind and, and, you know, I can trust the other person or that, you know, because they have empathy and they probably don't do things that would hurt other people's feelings, right? So that's kind of like assumption that we make. And then we only find out after, you know, we encounter uh, some of them and, uh, you know, our life will be destroyed or whatever through difficult um, uh, experience. Then we realize that, wow, you know, they really don't care about us or they don't have any capacity to um, care, right? It's, it's, you know, and, and, and so we come to terms with that. And I think in the outer uh, manifestation, we have had um, 
you know, some people had a, a painful experience in 2007-8 during the financial meltdown, right? So they trusted the banking institutions, they trusted the financial institutions, and they realized that that they they don't care and uh, that they could screw you over, you know? And then the government, you know, that they, you believe then that they don't really care about either, so that they would uh, bail in, you know, they would bail out uh, banks and then they would confiscate your wealth and they don't care, right? So then you realize, Wow, you know, I trusted the, these institutions and people, but then they don't care about us, right? So that's a kind of a, you have to adjust your understanding of the world, your understanding of kind of reality, and then take off this rose grass lenses and think, wow, you know, there are there are some some you know people that are different than us. Um, so, so these people, you know, the the, the basically psychopaths or uh, interoperative as uh, uh, interspecies predators, that they are the ones who designed this matrix. Um, and and they, 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 they want us to continue to remain or even um, regress back to the, the animal-like state um, where we don't, we don't have a sense of individuality. So then we would be just, you know, corral, you know, the, the uh, uh, corral-like herd you know, we, are, we basically become like a rat in, in, in a Skinner's box. And what they're trying to do is they are now trying to automate this system so that, you know, it's one thing that they have this vision of, of humanity uh, to be just animals, but uh, they also kind of uh, think that, you know, this, these animals could be uh, programmed into like becoming like a robot. So that's where we are, I think, that it's a combination of this... Mm. You know that we they, they are trying to make us to to devolve into becoming you know just simply act out of instinct just the base basic fear um and and try to escape punishment and you know seek for pleasure you know just the only function within this kind of a primal know, zone yeah, yeah primal thing and then at the same time like we are cut off from this uh, cut off from heart that feels so then we basically becomes not only we lose independent thinking, critical thinking, but we lose connection to, you know, what feels at the center of our heart. So then we become mm-hmm. like a machine, you know, mechanical robot. Then we, we don't feel what that people's pain and whatever, you know. So that's that's what they are trying to do. But that's as I said, you know, going back to your question, that is a necessary process, you know. Um, because um if if they don't do this, then we we don't, you know, then we don't have a choice. I mean, we cannot choose um, values of freedom, values of individuality, you know, and, and engage in the, in the question of what it means to be human in an in mm-hmm. um, effective way, you know. Um, and you, that's why what I found interesting is, is that in the film The Matrix, the last one, you know, The Matrix Revolution, or, right, that's maybe the last one, Mm-hmm. The agent Smith and then Neil, you know, they they fight uh, each other, and then agent Smith asks Neil, you know, so what do you care, you know, uh, why do you fight, you know? He said, why do you fight? Do, is it because of love or freedom or what, right? And um, and then Neil's answer was interesting to me because he said, I fight, I I I I fight because I choose to, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he, for him, it was not about like love or all of those kind of abstract concepts, but he because he chose to yeah mm-hmm. it's because he chose to right so it's i think that it's it's now as i said it's the 
nature is selecting us. You know, nature is in starting up the natural selection process, and uh, you know, it's 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 not the the you know the architect of this matrix program that uh, who would select uh, who who would die and who would survive, but it's actually us. It's each person. You know, is given the opportunity to select themselves. That's why I, I say there's no need to save anyone. You know, it's it's not about helping other people or saving other people. You know, it's it's about each person choosing Bitcoin and uh, find a way to um, connect with self-interest, you know, act out of self-interest, act as if we matter for the first time in life, perhaps for most of us, right? Who are mm -hmm. uh, programmed to, um, to, to not to care for ourselves. Um, so that's, uh, you know, I mean, I see this as uh, from a larger perspective, it's, it's uh, yeah, the process of natural selection and then nature is brutal, you yeah. know? That's what you're seeing now. So, so I, 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 so a couple of comments there. So, so one, the the, the analogy of um, of the oyster mm -hmm. is is great. Like I, mm -hmm. I think about the, the analogy that comes to mind for me there is the the biblical reference to the snake in the garden, yeah. right? It's like the right. the snake in or the serpent right. exists to um right. to enable the human to 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 grow and become a responsible uh, adult to, to have to choose so it's like the specter of evil exists to build strength um, or the capacity for you know it, it, it's a forcing function for growth right because you can't have growth without pressure or it's like the the the, the carbon under pressure turning into a diamond right so so there's all these sort of analogies that I think people are familiar with so mm -hmm. so, so that's interesting but I, I want to this idea of the psychopath I actually haven't thought about this before that you know, I haven't heard of that uh, archetype of human uh, represented as a um, as a different species. Like, did you call it intra-predatory, uh, intra-species predator? Uh, intra-species predators. Predators. Yeah. Predators. So okay. What, uh, what, uh, um, and you know, I think it's a kind of like we get it. I mean, I did that too for a long time when I was studying psychopathy that I tended to kind of judge them like saying, Oh God, these are evil. You know, that's dark darkness and that they are, you know, um, they, they, they need to be, um, contained or whatever, you know? And, and I think that, I think it's important to kind of recognize how they are different from us, but not to judge them, you know, to simply just recognize them as different. And then, um, you know, even giving giving them right to existence, you know, because that's, I think, also at the core of Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is a consensus mechanism, right? So it's it gives um, right uh, uh, to all the beings, you know, including those who are deemed as evil or, um, you know, negative. And mm. um, so it's, it's, you know, I think that, that that's something that I had to learn, that it's important to, not to try to engage in this fight with the psychopaths, you know, like we need to be just to, uh, eradicate them and the things like that, but to simply just observe that they are there, acknowledge that they are there and understand how they are different so that uh, we can act accordingly, accordingly, you know, it's not yeah, about- so that, our, so that our empathy doesn't become yeah. a weakness, right? Because at the moment, so what you're saying is that because, exactly. you know, right, right. we have empathy, we view them through, um, right. through a context, through, through our own context, and we can't understand that they view us through a different context. Is that sort of, um, and, exactly. and it becomes right. a weakness. And then, so, 
Yeah, and I think that you know what uh, you know these uh, beings are doing is that they exploit our empathy, right? So mm. empathy, as I said, is innate capacity. So we we have it. I mean, it it automatically happens, and you know whether we know or not. I mean, we 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 can feel other people's. You know, some some have more capacity than the other, right? But uh, we we are all kind of kind of uh, equipped with it, and I think it's a a, a nature's way of. Uh, uh, protecting uh, her creatures, you know, that, so that we don't, we don't think too low, but, right? you know, we, we have a kind of a, a mechanism to preserve our life uh, and don't mm-hmm. do all things against each other. But I think that what, what, I, what I see, though, is that it's um, right now, the, our culture really um, emphasizes on empathy, right? And, and so that, as I said, if empathy is innate, then we don't have to try to become empathic, okay? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, it's just uh, our human nature, right? We don't have to act nice, kind, and, and all that stuff. And then what's happening with, with the fear culture is that fear culture kind of send a message that you have to be nice, you have to be kind, you have to care about other people, you know, all, you, you know, all of that stuff. Then what, what happens is that the people actually um, try to do that, you know, and if you if you don't act nice and if you don't act kind, then then, then they develop this sense of guilt, and then they feel bad about themselves and things like that. And then by trying, they actually what they are doing is that they they get misaligned from, um, uh, you know, I mean they, they are disconnected from their center. They got off centered, and then they are misaligned with their own human nature because. You are trying, you know. You, you know, it's it's a. Uh, you know what I mean. You know, you're actually putting mm-hmm. extra effort in there. And then yeah, what I fake. found interesting. Hmm? What is it? It's, it's fake. It's not. It's not organic. It's it's, it's, it's a fake. And what I found, on, yeah, yeah, exactly. What I found interesting is that, you know, because that this this whole narratives, uh, social narratives of, oh, we have to be nice and then all of that stuff, right? And and you know, and then people doing that, they actually. Are now engaged in embassy. It's that, that what they do is that they become they do opposite because they are doing this themselves actually, right? But then they don't want to admit. I mean, they don't want to look at uh, themselves as being selfish because that's one thing that they you know the culture denies self interest. So if if the culture tells you and program you that you cannot act self out of self interest and acting out of self interest is a selfish thing, right? If, if you are taught and programmed to think like that. Then anytime like you 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 know try to act out of self interest, which is natural uh, action, mm-hmm, you know? like of course you know we should take care of ourselves. You know we have to right like we have put ourselves first before we try to think about other people. That's just the that's common sense, right? But then once we are programmed to to think otherwise, uh, then uh, anytime like we try to act out of self interest, it provokes the sense of guilt, guilt, uh, you know, guilt, guilt, right? So then what they do is that they don't want to face, I mean, process this guilt or question that, that emotion. Um, so, you know, they, they try to be nice and then all that stuff. And then when, in fact, they are actually doing it for themselves. And then what happened is that, um, you know, what they don't have is they don't have those people who engage in this, you know, trying to be empathic, okay? that they, um, they don't have healthy ego boundary. They do not have uh, discernment, you know, certain kind of qualities, that, you know, uh, uh, like uh, being able to see through BS, you know, being able to say no, uh, or um, uh, standing up for their own rights, standing up for their, you know, their values, and et cetera, et cetera, and taking responsibility for themselves. So, 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 um, so, you know, what they do is that they 
basically violate somebody's boundary. Um, and oftentimes, um, for instance, I would just give you an example of something that happened the other day. You know, I was walking on the street and then my friend and I were walking on the street and there was this lady, uh, you know, coming from behind and, and she was yelling at us saying, hey, you know, I told you to stop my dog. Right, just stop it, you know, stop my dog. And then I turned around and then it just, you know, the, the, her dog um, escaped from her and then came just, you know, what's, what's coming, following us, right? I mean, and then I turned around and then she was yelling at me and, and you know, making me feel like somehow it's my responsibility to, you know, make sure that, that her dog won't follow us, right? And so mm -hmm. I said, you know what? That's not pro my program, it's your program, you know? It's your responsibility to make sure that your dog stays with you, right? But then that's, for, for her, it's like she expect, like she expect that the, the we, we have a responsibility or we should care about, um, you know, the, the things that are happening in her life. So then she said, like, after that, after I uh, talked to her, she said, oh, you don't, you guys don't have empathy. Like, you, you don't care. Like, you don't have empathy. You are, you are not kind or something. Then I thought, wow, how twisted that is, right? Mm, because it was, mm. it was her problem to begin with. But then she somehow project that onto someone else and then make it to be someone else's responsibility, right? So that's, a, I think, the example of, uh, you know, I would call trespassing, you know, trespassing into somebody's, um, somebody's space and then, you know, ex externalize uh, one sense of responsibility. And then the way that was done, you know, that was justified is that, you know, um, you know, again, like she, she denies her own responsibility and then she, you know, so she put that onto me. And if I don't take up that responsibility that she imposed on me, then she will blame me saying, I, I lack empathy. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so, so yeah. it's like so it's not it's it's not even fake empathy. It's like a conflation no, of um you know the the projection of responsibility onto somebody right. else. And um, also the lack of sense of I, you know, that's yeah. kind of operate as we, right? Like somehow like it, we it's a victim, yeah. or something. It's um, victimhood in mass action, basically. Like right, it's it's, right. it's the personification, the manifestation of like a grand sense of victimhood. And like you said, it's like a uh there's no sense of I, there's no sense of responsibility. Right. It's like, you exactly. know, everything is everyone's problem and somehow right. nobody's responsible. Exactly. Right. And, and uh, so that's kind of like, I find it interesting that how, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, how, how she operates with a different value system mm. and, and that, you know, um, and then how that interface with uh, people who don't subscribe to those values. Right. So that creates kind of certain kind of uh, friction. You know, I mean, if she were to engage with someone who has the same narratives, who, who has same conditioning, it works. You know, maybe that person <laughs> take that responsibility um, that does not belong to the person, you know, saying, oh, yeah, right, I'm sorry. You know, I, I was, I, I was, um, I didn't know that your dog was following me or something like that, you know, for some of the individuals are like that, right? But then when, you know, it's, it's in a sense, I, I find the, um, the fear culture, uh, a certain different kind of code, you know, it's running in the fear culture. And then Bitcoin also, you know, uh, Bitcoin uh, introduced a new code and then now that we see this two different codes interact and then disrupt the social fabric and mm -hmm. and um, so that's a, that's a, what I see happening at the deeper psychological level 
and um, code of slavery and a code of freedom exactly and or and, independence yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then that's, you know, I mean, I come back to Bitcoin again. And, you know, as someone who uh, was a, you know, a student of psychology and, um, you know, some people wonder, like, why on the earth, like, I got into Bitcoin, you know, like, if you are interested in psychology, you know, you're not interested. It's not like you study economics or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but why are you into Bitcoin? But for me, when I started to hear this word such as incentives in theory, you know, and the code is law, you know, that regulate human behavior, it kind of clicks on me, right? It's like, okay, well, that's interesting, you know? And then, then I, I recognize that how everything now moved on to the internet and it's, it's the um, engineers, computer programmers, um, you know, who, who basically defines uh, what it means to be human and, and set the incentives that would determine the, the, the this course of, you know, uh, uh, evolutionary process for humankind. And, and, you know, and then, so when I saw, uh, things are happening on the internet and then I found, uh, cypherpunks and then, you know, how the cypherpunks actually write the code to nature human nature, you know, so the code mm -hmm, that is aligned mm -hmm. with human nature and that introducing new incentives that are aligned with human nature and then, and, and allowing us, uh, uh, tool, you know, giving us a tool to build a new civilization that matures human nature, you know, and, and fosters uh, uh, this evolutionary process of, of our species so that we can become human beings, basically. Beautiful. So, so I, I want to dig into a couple pieces here. So, so this lady that you mentioned, would you classify her as a psychopath or is she just a oh, confused no, no. She, human? She's just a Okay. Yeah, she, she's, she's just a confused human being. <laughs> well, yeah, she she's um, yeah, okay, not aligned with human nature. Let's put this way. She okay. hasn't okay. found a way to. Yeah, she she's in the. You know, it's like if you are inside the matrix, unless you are plugged out, you know, uh, mm -hmm, on the matrix, mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you are programmed, right? So so that's an example of somebody I think that who is just acting out of this conditioning. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So, so, okay. So, so then coming back to the psychopath thing. So what percentage of mm -hmm. people do you think are inherently psychopathic? Like, do you, do you think, like, has there been analysis done on that? Like, do you, yeah, do you yeah. have, so a, that, do you have uh, an idea? Research, well, research shows that it's like, um, you know, 1%, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes like my friend and I were laughing because, you know, there's this 99% versus 1%, you know, that came out, this slogan came, that came out during Occupy movement, right? It's like, wow, that's interesting. You know, so that means that kind of, you know, confirmed this research. But I, you know, but I think that actually it's more than maybe 1%. Um, um, you know, it's, it's the, the one characteristic of psychopathy is, is a pathology of social hiding. So that's, you know, it's like a, they, they hide, you know, they, they, um, they act uh, in secret, and then then they uh, manipulate uh, human beings. So um, because the, because they are hiding, and they're so good at hiding that uh, it's harder for us to detect, you know, mm -hmm, the existence mm -hmm, of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then of course the psychopathy is interestingly one of the things that I learned by studying psychology is that psychopathy is a subject that you won't learn at school you know it's not like the, the, you know we have this we we um study this dsm right uh, diagnostic statistical manual which kind of lays out all um, different uh, criteria for diagnosis 
to you know to um, to examine if somebody is pathological or not, right? I'm sure you have heard of this, the um, you know DSM, and now I think they have DSM five maybe. But what's interesting is that psychopathy is not listed as one of the um, you know pathology, and then what what we find instead is antisocial personality disorder. That's the closest that we can find. And then before they had like one time, I think the uh, DSM listed narcissistic personality disorder, but then it was taken out. And then, but what's um, but but what what they do is that they they somehow um, hide conceal the the knowledge about psychopathy. Um, so that's one reason that we never kind of um, uh, you know gain information about yeah. about these people, right? Um, and and antisocial personality disorder is interesting because it's um, you know they basically they are the rebellious they are the um, violent you know aggressive violent um, beings and then obviously you know we can we can see that as maybe uh, these individual will maybe pose uh, harm to our society I mean maybe easy for people to 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 see that right but um, and then so. That's why I think the psych psychopath has been also popularized in our culture to um, to be painted as aggressive, violent uh, beings, right? Like the serial killers or murderers, you know. So when that when we think about psychopaths, we don't we don't think of psychopaths as somebody who is charming, somebody kind and nice, and you know all of those you know kind of um, yeah, like like more sophisticated uh, way of exploiting people. So, mm -hmm. so that's one other reason that we we um, we cannot protect ourselves from these people. Um, you know that, uh, for instance, like if you are dating someone and that person is emotionally manipulating you and um, you know acting selfishly and and uh, and uh, have have uh, no um, empathic capacity, no sense of remorse. Um, you 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 don't think of that person as somebody who is psychologically different from you, you know, mm, and then, mm. and then when you try to research and then when you maybe um, find this term like uh, psychopath or sociopath, you know, and then they are uh, described as violent, you know, uh, outright violent beings. And then, then you realize, okay, you know, my girlfriend is not violent. Uh, you know, my boyfriend is not violent. So, you know, no, it's not, you know, they are not like that, you know, but, but, you know, but then, you know, it's, it's just a, Again, the the, the misdefinition is is yeah. you know so pathology of social hiding you know so you, you, some some I think low uh, psychopaths and unsophisticated psychopaths they would go to jail you know they they would be uh, uh, violent and aggressive and they would be um, you know uh, hand, uh, they they would caught, be caught with law enforcement so they would end up being in jail but most of them are so sophisticated that you know we find them on the top of you know. Uh, financial institutions, you know, we find them at the Wall Street, you know, we, we find them as, you know, just, uh, yeah, political leaders, uh, they are political leaders. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, and they are the ones who are more sophisticated, so they can hide and they can just, you know, um, yeah, hide, hide be, be behind the facade, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mask, basically, yeah. So, so, so question there then, so, so that's interesting. So, I mean, there's a series of questions off the back of that, like um, about 
you know, what environment is conducive to psychopathic behavior. And it seems like a fiat environment may be more conducive to psychopathic behavior because, right. um, you know, it doesn't pay to be uh, empathetic. But, but what, what I'm kind of more curious about before we go into that is like, are you convinced that psychopathy is a, is a nature thing or is it a nurture thing? Like, because I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit caught there. That's a good question. Um, it's a boss. I think that, okay, so as I said, there is this uh, sector of humanity who is psychopathic, right? Who, who lack um, capacity for empathy. And, and for them, that's human nature for them, right? That's, that's how they are made to be. That, and that is different than most of us. So that's, you know, for, to, so when we speak about uh, uh, this small percentage of, of, of human humanity that uh, lacks profound um, empathy, um, that's human nature, right? So with this said, that, that these beings, if they create a system and you know, program the system, um, and, and create incentives to um, stimulate certain part of ourselves, right? So they could successfully turn rest of people uh, to act like them, act like psychopathically, right? So that's, I think, what we are seeing. So, um, you know, you, you see maybe like if you, if you work in, in Wall Street, for instance, you know, I mean, I never worked at Wall Street or whatever, but, you know, you, you would find, um, but I worked actually, worked at the law firms uh, in San Francisco, and then they found it, what, I, what, I, what I found interesting is that there are, you know, people who seem to lack empathy. I, I see that, you know, there are a couple of them maybe, right, on the top, because the, the institution are, um, uh, you know, structured hierarchically in the first place. That, that, that creates a certain kind of a, a lot of um, spaces for them to hide, right, hide and manipulate and cheat and all that stuff, and then, uh, escape from consequences and feedback and stuff like that, right? So that the first of all, the institutions are built psychopathically, you know, hierarchically that uh, basically support uh, uh, these these psychopaths. And then those maybe there are you know a couple of them who are on the top. They they are like you know they don't have empathy, okay? But the majority of them they have empathy. Um, maybe you know not much, but they do have empathy. But what happened is that. If you um, live in that kind of environment, then the reward uh, and then all incentives are structured in a way that that you know if you act um, uh, empathetically, it's, that, it's uh, a yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you yeah, and if you um, you know cheat and then take advantage of other people and you know and and then and don't play honestly then you are rewarded and you will become like a psychopath. And then eventually I think that you will not care, right? But the, some people, of course, you know, at the end of the day, maybe, you know, they would, before they go to bed, they would maybe have this sense of remorse, like, oh God, I hit my job, you know? Or like, uh, you know, so they have that kind of a, the conflict, I think. And um, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, Neo is a good example, I mean, Neo, Neil worked as a computer programmer during the day, and at night he uh, went with this uh, alias Neil, and he was a computer hacker, right? So he had these two um, versions of, of himself, himself. And then, you know, Agent Smith told him that either one has to die, you know? Uh, but then but Neil it started to engage in the process of liberating himself and become one, become a new, new mm -hmm. man, 
actually. Mm -hmm. But but we do have, yeah, we do have this these two versions of ourselves. And the one is this persona, you know, this mask that we are made to wear in our society, you know, in our fiat culture, then we have to put on the mask. And then if you want to <clears throat> work in financial institutions or, you know, uh, corporations that, um, that have certain incentives for you to act in a, in a certain way, right? Then you have to wear this, wear, put on this mask and you have to betray your own principles and you have to cut yourself off from your empathic, naturally empathic capacity. Um, you know, and so that's, that's uh, I think that's what's happening. So to answer your question, I think it's, it's a both, you know, for, for psychopaths, it's innate. Okay, that's, that's what they are made of, you know, and, 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 and at the same time, I think this, uh, you know, so far, I think uh, uh, people who, uh, the approach to, um, you know, change our society, you know, to, to bring honesty into society and, and align our incentives with the human nature, you know, the efforts to do that. Uh, have been, um, I think, that their approach is to try to eradicate, uh, psych, you know, psychopathy or try to fight against, you know, 1%, you know, these elite, you know, in our society. Uh, so that's kind of like their approach, I think. But Bitcoin brings a new approach to, um, you know, to, to create peaceful, with them. Yeah, bring a peaceful solution, which is not to fight against them, but to accept them as who they are, you know, accept them. Okay, that's your human nature. Okay, you don't have empathy. I don't have any judgment about that. You know, it's okay for you to act as who you are. Okay, and and then then give them what they want. You know, they want reward. They want you know they want to act carelessly and then all of the stuff. And and what is what I find brilliant about Bitcoin is that Bitcoin's incentives speaks to them. You know, okay, so you know you Bitcoin. Nobody is made to act. Um, you know, against their will, right? Everybody mm, who mm. enter into Bitcoin, they are doing it out of their own free choice, okay? And then they are uh, made to act honestly, and then the, even that enforcement of the rules are not really being enforced. You know, it's each person is choosing to abide themselves with the rules out of themselves, mm -hmm. right? Because of the incentives. Mm -hmm. So then psychopaths even, you know, even the Bitcoin makes even psychopaths to act honestly, you know? Because the incentive mm -hmm. that they, they go for this incentive, and then in that process they, they are they can be you know who they are and honest and they are the ones who are greedy. So let them you know enter into minings and then yeah basically contribute a lot, right? So that's a brilliant system in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, so then there is no more like a peaceful reco uh, reconciliation, and then and we can create a consensus. You know we can kind of agree. Um, and, and respect each other's differences, you know? And, and so then we can just stop this fight uh, between this good and evil, light and dark, and it's psychopath versus empath, you know? And the empath, you know, that they are the ones, like social justice warriors, you know, they are the ones who like, oh guys, we need to, we need to fight against these people and, you know, we need to enforce empathy. They need to be kind and that, right? And then, you know, and the psychopaths, of course, react to that, you know? Um, so we can end this battle basically, you know, and say, okay, everybody should be the authentic. Um, and um, yeah. So, so, so would you, would you, would it, would this be an accurate assumption is that, you know, psychopaths fit more inside uh, like the Skinner's behaviorism type of uh, model in the sense that they are purely driven by um, just 
coal incentives? Like there's no, there's less of a, are they more primal in that sense? Like, you know, a psychopathic person hasn't developed, um, you know, empathy to the extent that, um, no. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to think, cause you mentioned before, like, you know, the, the idea of, uh, BF Skinner's like B, BF Skinner's idea is that, you know, human beings are just animalistic and they, mm-hmm. they make decisions based purely on, um, yeah. just primal right. incentives. Exactly. Yeah. So is it, is a psychopath more similar to that kind of an entity in that case? And would that mean that BF Skinner was perhaps, you know, psychopathic in nature um, because that was his viewpoint? Is is that right? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so um, at first when I was studying um, BF Skinner and I couldn't believe like, Oh my gosh, you know, this person, you know, how could, how could he think of human beings like that? You know, and he actually, used his daughter, his own daughter, uh, as an experiment, you know? Um, and so I was like, wow, you know, this guy is like psychopath, right? But then, then once I understand, you know, the psychological condition of um, these people, you know, who are different than, different than us, I, I, I was um, able to accept them as who they are. And then, oh, okay. So, it's not that, you know, Skinner was, uh, I think, maybe necessarily trying to harm other people or whatever, but it's just that that's how he sees the world, you know, and, and so everybody is kind of projecting how we think of ourselves and the world and stuff, right? So if you are nice, then you expect other people to be nice. And, um, you know, so I, I, I could now could see um, he's just acting this you know, as who he is. And, and the problem is that he's placing the kind of position of kind of power, you know, of, of somebody who has tremendous influence to the point that, you know, his idea can influence to, to create the culture. So that is the problem, right? Because then it, 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 it's applied to everybody. And then, um, you know, it doesn't, it's even get, get to the point of, um, where the, the, this idea is accepted as known and then started to threaten uh, other capacities, you know, that we have, or uh, somehow prevent us from evolving, um, and 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 then there is no way to dialogue with them because they don't they don't have capacity to understand. It's almost like um, like they are like a five year old boy, you know, living in an adult body. So then, because you know, you you see um, you see like you know from from uh, from this outside. I mean, they look like you know, politicians, or they look like, you know, leaders, uh, whatever, you know, they're placed in a position of authority. Um, and that you, you never think that, that their psychological maturity is like a five-year-old, right? Um, so so you, you kind of treat them seriously. But then once you realize, wow, you know, this person has emotional maturity of five-year-old, why would I be interacting with this person in a way that I've been? Or why would I be even trusting this person? Or, you know, all of those things, right? So I think that's, uh, that's, I think, where we are at, that we now started to realize that, number one, that there is this uh, sector of humanity that is uh, different than, radically different than us. And number two, that they are now put, placed in a position of power, um, and, um, and then that, that they are steering away uh, the, the course of our evolution. And then number three, um, you know, with this, with our knowledge, then 
we can just walk away from them. And we, we start to be drawing our trust um, and, you know, start to make them basically, you know, treat them like irrelevant at this point, you know? Um, so, yeah. so, okay, so, so, so do you think that, I want to do two, so one more question on this, and then I want to see how we can map the idea of um, the psychopath over the, the, the remnant and masses idea that I sort of wrote about yeah. recently, because I want to see how well that maps. But mm -hmm. do, do you think someone who is psychopathic by nature can learn empathy can, through nurture? Is that possible or no? Right. No, I think it's, I don't think it's possible. I mean, I know that there's some um, psychologists uh, trying to help uh, psychopaths uh, learn to act uh, more, um, you know, um, yeah, empathetic, more, uh, yeah, yeah, empathic and stuff. And then what they do is that because, because they inherently lack, right, this capacity to empathize, it's, it's not there, okay? It's, you can see their brain and physiologically there's something different about them. Even there's this brain, brain scan research that shows that there are certain parts of uh, brain that gets activated. Uh, with, you know, neurotypical, you know, with people who have empathy and then those who don't, you know. So, so physiologically, we are different, number one, right? And number two, if we try to teach them um, how to how to empathize with other people, they use it to mm -hmm. manipulate people. So what happened is, like, uh, I think Robert Hare, he was uh, working with inmates um, and, you know, he went to prison and, and he tried to kind of give therapy to psychopaths, right? I mean, those who are um, diagnosed as kind of like a, having a psychopathic uh, traits. And then what end up doing is that he was manipulated. He was charmed by them and then he was manipulated. And so, you know, I, I don't think it works. It's, it's like the, it, this question kind of like it's similar to some you're asking, can you make the blind person see the color? Mm. I mean, it's not if you don't mm. have that, you can't, right? I mean, you, you, you can make, you know, they would fake, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I see pink pattern and this is like that, you know, yeah, you can kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of, yeah, you can't fundamentally teach them. And so that's why I think it's important to, once you understand that, then we, we can let go of this need to change them, okay? Like trying to make, you know, that's what happens. I, I think many people try to like, okay, if we teach them, somehow they would act nice. You know, if they teach them the value of honesty, that they would act honestly. No, it doesn't, right? So it's, it, that's why Bitcoin's brilliant again. It solved the problem because we don't have to teach them uh, what is honest behavior, okay? And then psychopaths don't have to know what honesty means. All they have to do is just say that the Bitcoin's incentive speaks to them. And then mm -hmm. the result, it produces a result of them acting honestly, you know? And, and, you know, they, psychopaths are not acting, you know, because they want to be honest. They act as who they are, you know, and just responding to Bitcoin's incentive. And so, you know, and that produces an honest society. I mean, that's, that's really, I think, the genius of Bitcoin. Mm, interesting. Okay. Hmm. That, that's, um, I've, I've definitely learned something today so far. So, so that's, that's um, very interesting. So, Okay. The so the piece I wrote um, a month or two ago, whatever it was. So the remnant, uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoiners are the remnant. The 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 masses don't matter. So so in there, I spent time trying to like 
identify this archetype of person who is like the you know the, the remnant um, who who is the who is the other kind of one percent that makes the difference. So they're the producers, they're the entrepreneurs, they're the artists, they're, they're the people who you know are really the prime movers of society. And then you have the the masses. But th- there's yeah, an yeah. archetype that I didn't really describe, which I'm about to release a part two of the remnant series, um, and it's called the remnant, the parasite and the masses and the parasite is this kind of i guess what people would have traditionally called the elite but i i don't don't like giving them that designation because to me to be elite you need to be you know exceptional like an exceptional human being so i've i've categorized them as as the parasite so i guess what what i'm kind of trying to see is like maybe psychopathic people are maybe more parasitic in nature it's like they're trying like I, th- I think the parasite is a good word to dis- to use to describe these people because they basically cannot uh, produce their own energies, you know, that so they have to all of it constantly steal from other people. So, mm-hmm. so you know, if you don't have, you know, when, when I say like they don't have the capacity for empathy, I think what's happening is that they don't, you know, they don't have the heart. Like we all have like heart and then we are connected with that and then we are nourished and then we sustain ourselves energetically. But then when you don't have heart or you are cut off from, you know, cut off from that, then you have to constantly steal energy from things outside of themselves, right? Outside of yourself. So that's, you know, so you become parasitic. So that's psychopaths, I think, you know, psychopaths are parasitic. And then they are like 1%, you know, and then uh, revenant, you know, that's another 1%, I think. And that's uh, what I found interesting is, as I said, we now have this, uh, you know, process of um, natural selection, you know, is, is going on and that uh, humanity is now is given the opportunity to evolve themselves, evolve to become new species or evolve to become real human beings for the first time. And then in that, this remnant play an important role. Uh, and rest of them, you know, so we have this, it's a battle between parasites versus remnant. But the rest mm-hmm. of them, you know, they, they would just go whatever. I mean, it's like they would go with the flow, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. just that, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, they are not, um, yeah. They, and, and I think those who are involved in this uh, natural selection process that is happening now consciously, I think that they are chosen. They've chosen to, to be a part of this so that our life, you know, it's, it's like we are made, we are born for this time. Um, and and mm, that's mm. why I think that like when I read your remnant piece, it really spoke to me deeply. And then I felt like, wow, you know, he gets it. You know, there, there's someone who understands this. Uh, and and then you know, I think that there is this sense that we carry, like those people who have this, that you know, who are assigned maybe to take part in this process and somehow assist humanity. We carry that sense of responsibility, maybe since we are young. And for me personally, like I felt like since I was growing up, I felt this kind of a, you know, sense of kind of a mission or whatever, you know, and that that prevented me from becoming just a normal human, normal person, like you know, to to find uh, happiness and pleasure in things that uh, most people do. And and I struggled with it because at that time I didn't know what that was. Like, you know, I do have this sense of uh, mission but I don't know what that is. So then it's so fr- what's frustrating to me. It's like, um, you know, right? It's if it, it, one thing to, to have this sense of uh, mission, 
uh, uh, and, and know what it is, that's that's good, right? But if I didn't know what exactly I'm supposed to do, you know, that that kind of uh, you made me kind of feel alienated or kind of make me feel like maybe there's something wrong with me, you know, why is it that I cannot fit in, right? And I think that, um, you know, that in the Matrix that there is this quote that Morpheus tells Neo that it's like a splinter, um, Splinter in the mind, yeah. Like, like feel something wrong with the world, and you know, and that feeling. I think that we have that, and and then I I see in Bitcoin space that people are sharing that, and and you know, your remnant piece again. I mean, it's like you, wow, you know, you really put the name um, to to the feeling and validated. I think um, that that feeling. Um, Interesting. Okay, so so so, thank you. Um, if okay in these archetypes so so you got the remnant right the the parasite and and the sheeple so the the if if the parasite is more psychopathic by nature and by by behavior let's say it's a bit of both um and the 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 sheeple are kind of more just naturally biological humans who are confused and you know uh unevolved or whatever but they they have the capacity for empathy what what is the um what is the remnant then so so like because right. i i know for example i sometimes have psychopathic tendencies right like i i get so fucking disillusioned with society and i just don't want to fucking know anyone i just like get the fuck out right. of my way like when i see these lemmings walking around with six thousand masks on and right. all this sort of shit like I, I'm losing empathy for these people but then for example like I watched V for Vendetta the other night yeah. and mm-hmm. I can't help but watching that and you know shedding a fucking tear like so, so there's obviously empathy uh-huh. in me I think that yeah I think that the maybe okay I'm gonna maybe clarify um, what I think of psychopaths actually um, uh, better um, that um, I think the psychopath psychopathy is is um, kind of um, you know psychological condition emer- that emerged as a as a as a kind of a counter force uh, in in human evolution. So, for instance, if mm-hmm. species mm-hmm. evolve into kind of uh, develop a certain kind of uh, extremity, like if they become overly empathic, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. then there mm-hmm. has to be a balancing act, right? So that it's mm-hmm. a nature way of creating a new kind of a, um, you know, mutant species or whatever, you know, to, mm-hmm, to somehow mm-hmm. bring that back, to bring balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so in the same uh, light, I, I see autism, for instance, you know, that there is this uh, lives of autistic people, right, who uh, have a certain kind of psychological uh, also uh, condition that, that is mm-hmm. different than neurotypical. And I see autism also as a kind of a way of nature's way of balancing out. So that when our society became so extroverted, like our culture uh, promotes extroversion, then there has to be this balancing act of bringing introspection, introversion. And I think autism is a way of doing that. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, I think the psychopath, uh, psychopathy is, is a nature's way of bringing balance, right? Um, and then so it's, it's kind of a evolved, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, how to describe this, but you get the idea. It's, it's, it's a creating a splinter off or counter, counter force, you know, so mm-hmm. that it, 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 yeah, so psychopaths actually play a role to, um, uh, you know, bring bring humanity back to this. Even though 
on the surface, it doesn't look like it. it on the surface, it looks like, it, 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 you know, they are attacking humanity and all that, they are evil and stuff. But from a bigger perspective, actually, they have a, a, they have a function that they, they have an important role to play in, in, in facilitating this evolution of species. Um, you know, in other words, it's like, uh, you know, the Christ and then Antichrist, you know, good and evil. And somehow, like, you, we, 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 in a narrow view, we see all good and evil and Christ versus Antichrist and stuff. But if we step back, then we realize that there's something larger uh, being uh, prayed and that it uses both elements of good and evil, you know, to, to somehow mm -hmm. um, bring balance. And so the certain attribute, I think, that the psychopaths present, uh, you know, that are, okay, let's say psychopaths are aggressive, right? Let's say psychopaths are, you know, lack of empathy. But then if you look at what does lack of empathy means, you know, and maybe psychopaths is good at setting boundary. Psychopaths are good at uh, creating independence. Psychopaths are, you know, um, uh, really valued freedom. Right. Um, so, so you you see that the, you started to see um, how the the attributes that 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 are um, sort of being uh, I mean sort of belonging to psych psychopaths that they are actually the attributes that our culture suppresses our culture mm -hmm. condemns. Right, saying these are bad and these are self interest are bad, self autonomy is bad, responsibility is bad. No, you cannot have a self boundary. You know. Etc. Cetera, et cetera. So if you do that, you know, if you create this kind of a, try to create this one-sided uh, view of humanity, one-sided culture, you know, that emphasis on compassion, love, and empathy, and then all that stuff, you have to be nice and bright and that, you know, then the, what is suppressed, you know, that is also part of human nature, right? So that will be magnified, right? So mm -hmm. um, the, and the psychopaths are displaying uh, that, you know, what is magnified. So it's, it's, for me, it's, it's um, again, going back to this uh, shadow work. So basically each person actually start to claim what we denied and, and projected onto outside, you know, so then we have to start claiming self-interest. We have to start to acting, you know, to, to have a more um, healthy boundary, you know? Um, you know, so, so, so that's, I think that from a bigger perspective, it's, it's um, I would say it's, it's, Psychopathy is an embodiment of um, shadow, you know, the shadow and darkness of our culture, you know, the, the, our um, Judeo-Christian uh, culture mm -hmm. you know, denies this, you know, whatever, the darkness or evil, you know, what they uh, deem to be negative. Yeah. So, and I think the Bitcoiners are, I mean, the remnants, you know, are doing great job. I think that they are embodying, uh, they are winning, I think, to to look at uh, these aspects that have been shunned from our society and then take responsibility, take ownership of it. Um, and, you know, and then that, you know, when, when you take ownership of what is, what is dismissed, what is um, eliminated, you know, judged mm. as aggressive, violent, and all that stuff, it's a masculinity. It's, it's mm -hmm. a masculinity that we need. So then the Bitcoiners incorporate that and, and embody as healthy mas masculine you know, and that's, yeah. of course, triggers uh, fear people because that they, they see that as toxic, right? Because they see that as, or even like they might perceive them as like, oh, Bitcoiners to be like psychopathic or whatever, you know? But that's, they are, you know, that, that's, that's, they are projecting uh, what belongs to them and what they denied, what, what they failed to claim as part of themselves onto the others. And then so, so it's maximized. I mean, it's, you know, 
it become toxic, you know, for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so in, it's funny because my, my next question, you, like, we are totally in sync. This is hilarious. Is like my next question was going to be what, what's the evolutionary significance of the psychopath? But like, I don't even have to ask that because you just clearly, clearly articulated that in answering the, the first question. So, so I guess mm-hmm. to, to what I'm hearing there is maybe um, a the, the remnant archetype is a more whole human who is able to integrate elements yeah. of the empathetic human, but also yeah. of the psychopathic human and is able to so, sort of mm-hmm. integrate the shadow and the light simultaneously yeah. and become a more whole, fuller version yeah. of a human yeah. being. Yes, it's like a feminine and masculine energy, yin and yang mm-hmm. energy within themselves. So it's, it's become a integral right and and i think that's what bitcoin does i mean maybe at the, at the core of bitcoin is the integrated um vision of humanity so it, it's that's why you know if you look carefully the, the incentives at bitcoin incentives it's it contains paradox right um mm-hmm. the, one hand it uh, promotes selfishness and self-interest but at the same time somehow, you know, it creates a way that uh, brings harmony in the network and, you know, promote honesty and altruism. So how could that these paradoxical different values coexist? And I think that's a genius of Bitcoin. It's uh, helped, you know, to, yeah, bring back what has been uh, rejected from our our society uh, and claiming, allowing us to claim that shadow, you know, so then it's, you know, we can have a healthy balance between the two. Yeah, so yeah, totally, I'm with you. I think that's that's the, and in the process, of course, you know, people have a hard time seeing it so that they will project out and then there's this chaos being created, you know? Um, yeah. Wow, okay, so so then another quick note I've taken here is, um, is like, in your mind, how, how long has this, um, the, this archetype of the psychopath uh, been around for? Is this like a, a, a recent thing is it like you know has it has it been around since the you know the romans or the the, you think, know, the aztecs think, yeah. and stuff like that i think it's it's something to do with the development of ego you know development of our thinking capacity you know the um so it's it's to do with the evolution of humanity again and you know when we look back history for instance you know i think that people who who study history they don't necessarily, they kind of assume that we are kind of same cognitively in terms of our cognitive emotional function that, that maybe we human have evolved and the same and, you know, but I think that we are, you know, internally changing and, and that we maybe have a different consciousness and that psychopathy uh, emerged, I think, uh, with, with the development of ego, you know, the rational thinking, reasoning and that, you know, it was a necessary part of the brain. I mean, if you look at even if you study neurology, you realize that how the brain, you recognize how the brain develops. And um, it's, you know, the left brain, right brain, and then there are certain parts of the capacity, you know, the brain that that, uh, that um, involves the reasoning, rationality and stuff. And it once, you know, when the brain's growing like that, then it's get disconnected from the empathic authority and, you know, that was a necessary process. So, so you know, if, if you look at the teenagers, for instance, and uh, the actually psychologists did the test on uh, teenagers, and then the, the, some of them like uh, score very high on psychopathy, right? 
and, and it's because their brain is still in the process of developing and then their brains highly, you know, um, activated with the left brain or, you know, and then that was a, as a part of the process, they have to be cut off from empathy. Um, and so, and, and, and for us to say like, oh, these teenagers, they are psychopaths. I mean, that's wrong, right? It's just a necessary process. So I think that it's, um, I think it's more now because of the fact that I think humanity collectively are evolving and then have developed um, sense, of, sense of ego um, and the, the thinking and, and thinking that could carry a sense of self and, and claim the individuality. So, um, you know, so, and, and another interesting thing is that in indigenous communities, um, there's no, there's said to be no psychopaths. And, and, and the indigenous people say that the reason why the um, psychopathy don't exist or don't emerge in indigenous community is that once, if somebody is detected as psychopath, then somehow uh, the person is um, eliminated, you know, in, in, in a peaceful way, not like, you know, uh, this kill, uh, being killed or anything, but, you know, somehow like there, there is a way that the, for that person to not be a part of the community or something. But in general, that they can't find uh, psychopathic individuals and because they have a different consciousness, they are more like operate as, um, you know, group consciousness so that there is, you know, um, no space, I mean, it, it's hard to, to develop that kind of individuality, maybe, you know, that, that, that is so separate, right? Um, it's, a, it's a different consciousness that they have. So I think that it's, it's, it's something to do with the Western consciousness and then something to do with the development of individuality. And I think it is an important foundation, you know, and if, if that individual individuality that is developed in the West if it doesn't meet love, if it doesn't meet, you know, the heart, I, I guess, you know, it will be destroyed. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a thing about, I, I, um, I like to use this the metaphor of holy grail, you know, it's like a holy grail that you carry um, and, you know, um, Bitcoin, are, I mean, the cypherpunks often say like Bitcoin is, is the, it's the, um, the ultimate, you know, basically it's the holy grail, you know, cyberpunk's uh, holy grail. And I think it's a holy grail. You have to have, you have to create a vessel, right? Vessel uh, to, um, to, to carry maybe Holy Spirit or whatever, you know, and, and that individuality and the thinking is important uh, vessel. We need to have this. We need to develop ego. We need to develop individuality, but not for the sake of developing individuality, you know, not for the sake of developing just a vessel. But the ultimate goal is that to receive, to receive the Holy Spirit or whatever, you know, whatever one would call, you know, spiritual soul or something larger than ourselves, you know. But, but, so, but we need to have this. And in the process of developing ego, developing this vessel, the psychopaths pray on all, you know, that uh, it's like a, you know, sand, sand in, in, in oyster, you know. It's, it's something that creates friction so that we become, we become strong. We can become strong ego, create a strong ego. You know, so we are not like fragile and then just a crying baby, you know. Um, <laughs> we have a certain, you know, like a stimulus from outside to fight back so then we can become resilient, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the species, you know, we have come to the point. We have fought. I mean, it's, you know, we, we have, you know, uh, engaged in this, uh, um, what is it, the, um, sub, uh, the 
Bruto, you know, the Darwin's uh, idea of this uh, evolution, you know, he described evolution, the first part is the, um, the, the fierce competition of existence, right? That's the first mm -hmm. part. So that the creatures, you know, kind of, uh, they, they, there's this competitive element, you know, as an as a, as a important part of, of um, natural selection, you know? It's not like nature is just collaborating all the time and, you know, it, it's brutally competitive. You know, if you don't uh, act out of your self-interest, then you would not survive, you know? So, so it, that's a phase. But then after that, you know, there is a peaceful coexistence is waiting. And I think that we as a species are ready to take on to the next step and, and learn to kind of, you know, using Bitcoin uh, principle consensus, you know, build upon this, you know, brutal competition of mining then we can rise above and attain, you know, the peaceful coexistence. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, so one last question on this thing um, is the, the, what you mentioned about teenagers kind of wants me to ask a question is like, you know, as a teenager, you're, de you're developing, you're developing your ego. So you, so you have these, you know, in the process of developing that ego, you have um, an exaggerated ego and an exaggerated ego has psychopathic tendencies, but right. at, 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 at what point, like, cause, cause I assume maybe like, is, is there, um, does it make sense that we're all more psychopathic, uh, in the, in the early days? Cause I know I've seen yeah, studies yeah, yeah. or I don't know if I've seen studies or heard like anecdotes about, you know, young kids, like for example, a two-year-old has no concept of like right, another. Right. So as a result, like they're all ego. So yeah. that, that, that would be psychopathic. So. Right. Yeah. Like, so, do, do, mean, we, do we evolve mean, into a psychopath or. You mean they evolve into, you mean? So, so no, 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 like, so, so do, do people kind of, um, in, in the process of evolving the, the ego, do they kind mm -hmm. of land into becoming a psychopath? Or again, is that um, is that me assuming that psychopathy is nurture instead of nature? Like, if it's nature, like, does it start from a baby and it goes that way? So I'm having trouble there. Okay, um, so I think that it's okay, psychopathy. I think that this characteristics the psychopaths the psychopaths embody. As I said, they are the attribute of ourselves that we condemn by right? our culture condemn. Uh, and so, so, and we all have that, right? It's, it's, it's um, to, to some degree, um, and it's a part of human nature. And, and the, the, the now psychopaths is, they just became embodiment of like exaggerated version of, um, you know, they embody these attributes in, in a way that, that is extreme, right? That, that lacks the balance. Um, and, um, um, and, and for me, I think it, it all go back to this idea that, I mean, this, the Bible has this whole idea of we are sinful, right? And that everybody's like a sinner, like we all do uh, nasty stuff and whatever, you know? Um, and I think it's true. Like if you look at ourselves, like we have, we are all animals, right? We are evolving um, out of animals, out of being state of an animalistic state, but um, so, so to, to deny that our animalistic part of ourselves is to deny our human nature, and that will actually cut us off from, um, um, you know, nature's creator or you know what we are intended to 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 be created in the first place. 
but but so we have this simple nature so we we all have this potential to act out of violence you know so instead of let's say if you're hungry right um you you have a choice uh you could kind of steal food and eat or you learn to go to a store and buy something or you extend your you know work right to to, to receive food so so that's a choice and I think that civilization opened up a, a space. I mean, opened up opened up an avenue for humanity to to um, to make a choice, you know, and and engage in in a passive evolution, so that we do not resort into this animalistic behavior, like to to engage in violence and and all of those kind of things. But we now have an option, right? Uh, and to um, but at the same time we realize that we all kind of have animalistic thing, thing behavior i mean tendencies and then if i'm pushed into that kind of uh situation where i don't have money uh, i'm you know i i have to survive you know am i might engage in you know uh, uh stealing somebody's food or whatever right in order for me to survive so so then the question is is this simple right then you, you come to a realization that people acting like animalistic thing, animalistic attribute or instinctively, it's this simple. It's not, the answer is not. It's not, a, you could say it's a simple, our simple nature, but it's not like, you know, it, it's not, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sin that is forgiven from the beginning. It's because it's a part of um, survival uh, necessity. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, um, instinct. Uh, that is um, given to us as a, as a way to preserve our life. So it's not simple. Um, and, um, and, and what's, I think what's um, interesting about Bitcoin is that Bitcoin um, brings us forgiveness. You know, that, that once we realize that, you know, there comes a time, I think, that once we develop ego and individuality, and then we realize that we recognize our sinful nature basically we recognize this animalistic parts that we try to maybe overcome uh, by becoming trying to become nice try to practice religion try to you know embody um you know whatever the the moral values uh, that are that are um uh, promoted in our society but they come to the point where you realize that you can't you cannot become good you cannot become nice you cannot act honestly all you can do is just try, but you are, uh, you can't because you have this animalistic part, you know, within, within ourselves. And that is okay, because that is part of human nature. And then that recognition of understanding, I think, you know, gives us a sense of forgiveness. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard to describe, but, but basically it's, it's, you know, what is portrayed as simple nature is, is part of nature. Um, and and that um, you know the, the, we we don't have to after after um, engaging in the struggle to become good and nice and I mean not nice but become good and be lawful and all of the stuff you come to the point where you know there there is that you you cannot you know simple nature is part of you and that that you actually repent you you seek for something higher than yourself. That some kind of grace or whatever that help you to, I help you to act, you know, in a simple way, you know, and that's where I think Bitcoin comes. The Bitcoin is, is grace. That Bitcoin says that we are all forgiven.
you know, it's it's not, you know, I don't know if you understand this, but it's 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 a kind of a complex um, thought that you know I don't know. Do do you understand? It's it's, I, it's I, hard to describe. It's yeah, it's it's um, yeah. yeah, it's it's you know, you come to realize that it's it's just a we are, you know, we are we have psychopathic tendencies. You know, we all have, and that's that's okay. That's that's our human nature. You know, so there is the paradox, right? It's like, you know, you have this. Okay, these are the you go through. I mean, it's a process. It's a journey. I think that you go through this, and then, um, you know, yeah, you kind of trying to. I think everybody trying to uh, embody um, the moral values and trying to try to try to be nice or try to be honest or it's trying to, to, to become, you know, uh, more active uh, in, in a humane way. And, and the, but that effort, at some point, you come to recognize that it's, it's okay. You know, you don't have to do that. You know, like without the effort, you yourself already a whole and complete and you are divine. You are, you know, so, so but, but, but that, to come to that, you have to go through this effort, you know, that's the part, like you have to, it's kind of like a seeking for enlightenment kind of, you know, like you seek for, to be enlightened, you know, to, to awake. And then, then when you, yeah. so you make when effort, you finally you reach it, you realize it's, effort. yeah, it's effortless. Right. Everything yeah. is yeah. fine. You know, everything as you were before, that was perfect. Everything is just perfect. You know, it's like, a, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a, wow. You know, why did I do this? You know, but, but it was a necessary process. You have to go through this. Uh, and there's <laughs> it's no like the, par life. the paradox, yeah, the paradox yeah, of life, paradox, and the paradox right, of enlightenment. Like paradox, right, right. That's why it's kind of hard to to um, describe. But I, but I think that once you, I think one realizes this, our simple nature, you know, and and to recognize, you know, what I am helpless, I cannot help myself because that's just my nature, right? You you can't you cannot act differently than what what you are made of. Then you realize that you are powerless. You know, and then that's where I think that you actually repent, repent for the sins or like the things that you thought that you shouldn't have done. And then at the same time, you realize that everything that you, you did to hurt people or, you know, did whatever, you know, everything is forgiven. You did as best as you could at the time with the knowledge that you had, you know, limited knowledge you had and the, the, the development of your brain or, you know, emotional capacity or whatever, you know. That you did what you needed to do and what you thought was good and and you were forgiven you know so that is the kind of paradox i think okay so being mindful of time so 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 just yeah. that that last piece that you mentioned there so you know we we did the best we could with what we had i mean right. like I, I agree with that in many ways. You know, I mm -hmm. used to say that about like, you know, parents and all this sort of stuff is, you know, they, they did right. the best they could with what they had, but right. I, I sometimes struggle with that in, in the, in the context of, um, of the idea of, for example, integrity, because sometimes people don't actually do the best they could. They, they took the easy way, for example, they, they took the, you know, they, they, they could have, been honest but they cheated instead um right. even though they knew it was wrong um you know they right. they they could have they could have right. 
done the right thing, but they took a shortcut and they fucked up somebody else's life uh, because they took the shortcut. So, so, so how do you, how do you reconcile those two? Um, if we can reconcile in the time again, that we have I left. That, again, that, the, you know, when we realize that uh, everybody has, uh, everybody is bound by laws of nature, mm. whether they accept or not. And that uh, they are going to be judged by that laws of nature, you know, even okay, so though they might not see that in this lifetime, right? Consequence. So that you don't have to, I think we don't have to worry about the people, you know, that it, it's going to be taken care of. I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's everybody, somebody is a business, right? Um, and so, yeah, so I think that, um, you know, maybe if somebody asked me for my advice, I would say, oh, okay, I don't think it's, a, if I were you, I would not engage in sick coins. Or, you know, I would say I would not engage in this, you know, but I wouldn't, unless I'm asked for my personal opinion, I would not necessarily jump in to kind of tell them what to do, because ultimately, I believe that everybody is bound by these laws of nature, and I, I respect their freedom, respect their freedom to, um, yeah, fall if they, if they need to. Because they, they have mm -hmm. to learn from their own experience and the consequence. <laughs> yeah, free, free market maximalist. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Nozomi, we, we have a couple of minutes left. I mean, we, we barely even got to like the, the third point that you, <laughs> that you gave oh. me. So we're 100% we're going to have to do an episode two or three of this, um, probably in the new year. Um, this for me was a very very meaningful conversation. Honestly, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think it's um, the, the, the framing of, you know, the, this idea of the psychopath as well as just something that I hadn't really come to terms with or even thought about. So that this is very important for me. Um, and I hope for everybody listening, you know, the, the, the concept of liberation psychology, I think is incredibly profound. So, so, so maybe could, could you, just to tie this all together, like, is there any particular resources or thinkers that you could point people to uh, mm. on their journey to maybe, you know, go down the liberation psychology rabbit hole? Like, is there something there? Um, you know, like, uh, if, if you maybe ask me that, that question uh, about, you know, two weeks ago or so, maybe I, I can come <laughs> up with some other people's. But I, I say the, um, I realized that how important it is for each person to, um, engage uh, with their own thought processes and not to kind of, you know, um, not to just, uh, you know, get, get information or uh, get ideas from other people, but by consciously engage with, uh, you know, our own experience. So everybody has experience, right? Like, like the, the story that I shared with you about this woman who was, you know, yelling at me, you know, that so, so so in that moment like we, we we can observe we can step back and observe and then just engage with kind of critical thinking about okay what what just happened you know that kind of thing so i encourage actually uh individual um reflective um process maybe or observation mm -hmm. self-observation uh and uh and then start to kind of question narratives that we carry uh and or values that that, that we um embody and, uh, and be more mindful and present in everyday interaction. Because everybody that comes to your life brings us something that we, we hold within ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. belief mm -hmm. or values and stuff. And then that create opening for us to become aware of what they are. So, 
so I, I so I say um, it's important. Yeah, it's important to kind of stay in the present moment and um, um, yeah, value your own experience, draw wisdom out of your experience. And I say this because I studied heck a lot of um, you know theories and and and, and concepts, and you know I, I I read a lot of books and things. And but at the end of the day, I now finally came to the point that. You know, they, they, they don't serve for me. Uh, I mean, in, in a sense that because I get caught up with this intellectual understanding and then that actually make me disconnected from my own experience and not to believe in my own experience. So that's why I, I, I just encourage people to um, engage more critically uh, and consciously with um, their own, you know, own experience. Mm, okay. Okay. Very interesting answer. I, I mean, I, f I, I feel like I want to press you for at least like one or two thinkers um, because whilst I agree with you, I think, you know, if, if we get too caught up in okay. uh, other people's philosophies or theories or everything, instead of, uh, yeah. Okay. In, okay. Instead so of I, I inquiring, we, we become conditioned. So like, but right. is there still like, okay. I think there's inspired okay, so thinkers. I say this. Okay. I am, my work is deeply influenced by two uh, thinkers, two philosophers, and one is uh, Austrian philosopher named Rudolf Steiner, um, mm -hmm. you know, who created the world of education. So Rudolf Steiner is one. And then second one is Valentin Tomberg. He's a Russian mysticist uh, who studied Steiner, Rudolf Steiner's work and then carried it forward. So these are two individuals that really influenced me at, at the very profound way. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, their thinking, I mean, their work is not be studied in, in any kind of traditional academic institutions. You know, I never, actually, this is my first um, podcast to, to share this, that I'm actually influenced by these two. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, these are the two thinkers that really um, influenced myself. So Rudolf Steiner and Valentin, what was his Valentin name? Valentin Thunberg. So Valentin Thunberg. Yeah, T-O-M-B-E-R-G. Yeah, so okay. um, he wrote the, the book, the huge um, volume of book called Meditation on the Tarot. So it's an esoteric uh, Christian harmonism. Uh, and he wrote it anonymously. So, well, it's, it's a really profound and um, it's, yeah. Meditation on the what? On the tarot? Meditation on the tarot, yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right. Nozomi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much you for this. Um, I really, it really means a lot. I mean, to, 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 I guess to finish up is where, where can people find your work and follow what you're doing? Okay. So you can follow me my, on my Twitter, uh, Nozomi Imagine. Uh, that's my Twitter handle name. And then my website is nozomihayase.com. Okay, cool. Um, and then you do some writing for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Magazine, Magazine. I, obviously. Um, you're going to do a little bit of writing for what we're doing at Amber, which is great. Um, so, okay. Yes. Everyone who's listening to this, please follow this woman. She's incredible. Um, we, will, we will definitely do an episode number two, possibly even number three um, down the track. So we'll aim for that in the new year. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I've got at this point. Thank you again. Okay. And, um, and yeah, Enjoy it. absolutely. Thank you.